everyone, and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we try to take some science, squish it into an hour-long show, and hopefully making it less confusing than it was at the beginning. Get ready to delve into the microscopic world of wonder, where proteins, the unsung heroes of biology, take center stage. Join us today as we uncover the secret lives of these incredible molecular machines driving every biological process within your body. Uh, you can follow us, Twitter, at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, Information Entropy Pod, TikTok, Info Entropy Pod. And I forgot to do the one thing, so Mitch will shout at me in a second. Um, and wherever you listen to this, uh, yeah, ratings, follows, comments, help us out Ooh. absolutely massively. <laughs> I'm Tom Jenks. <laughs> Joined us for usual. Bye, Mitch or Gatting. Uh-huh. How are you, mate? I'm doing, doing all right. Just can't believe you've done the one thing. We, we agreed. We made agreements, Tom. Um, yeah, my, my issue is I forget agreements I make sometimes and then <laughs> habit takes over. So I start speaking and it can be quite hard to shut myself up. And yeah. then I realize halfway through the sentence, uh, as yeah. they say, the show's got to go on. It's, it's got to continue. We definitely yeah. couldn't just stop and start oh, that would, again. That would, that would, that would have been a bit jarring <laughs> for, for this time play of the evening for myself. Play it, play it back. Play it back. No. Oh, uh, this boy. is what they get. One take only. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Do it live. <laughs> live or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to put out a, twi- a tweet tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Uh, no, uh, no podcast today. We got the intro wrong. So I decided to just completely <laughs> uh, scrap it for this week. We sacked it off. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> um, but no, we are here. We are. And uh, proteins is the name of the game this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you could probably guess like who chooses which subject each week. Proteins <laughs> <laughs> from, from our past ones. <laughs> I do realize looking back now, I do realize every other week is quite biology heavy. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that that'll be me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll try and diversify. I'll try. Oh dear. Um, it's difficult though because like sometimes I'm teaching and we're, we're doing proteins or we did proteins a few weeks ago and I'm like honestly that is really interesting yeah so like, Tom messaged me uh, yesterday was it and you were like I was thinking what about Tom what about proteins uh, and my response was gonna be honest Tom don't really know how to make proteins interesting enough for people to want to listen might need to reframe so people will be drawn in <laughs> Uh, to which I replied, well, I'm interested, so yeah, I, how, how can like, other people not be? Good for <laughs> you, Tom, we are. Um, but hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll realise why uh, you should be interested in yeah, proteins. Yeah, uh, The mm-hmm. cellular machines is, yeah. is the way, way we can think of, think of it. Biological machines. And honestly, they blow my mind. There, there's some things that we come across when we do these shows that I just can't wrap my head around. Mm. And I get proteins as a concept, but as I start to dive deeper than what they do, it's, it's how they do it. My brain just breaks. So, yeah, maybe you'll see that live on air and that will be interesting. But uh, before proteins and brain breaking, I've got some very interesting news of the week. Oh, yeah, now, you got news. Yes, you remembered. Yeah, I, I, I forget the facts. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Well, I'm not at that. 
No, you listen here. I might be forgetting facts. Don't care if you're tired. You've been working all day. I'm none of it. Back in my day, we used to walk nine miles to school. <laughs> we used to wake up dead and my father would beat me. Uh, Bloody that's hell. a deep right. cut. That is, that's a very deep cut. Um, so, in mm. science, we have things um, called laws. So, a hypothesis is an, is an unknown... Uh, so, something you want to test. Maybe this causes that. Maybe this affects that. A theory is something that's quite well established. It's been tested multiple times, proven to be true. But maybe there's some wiggle room in the definition. Um, a law is something that we are so unequivocally confident in about it being true that it's just a statement that we accept as pure fact. Now, there are some laws, macroscopic laws of nature, which describe and explain phenomena experienced daily in the natural world. And they relate to forces of motion, gravity, electromagnetism, and energy. And most of these were described well over 150 years ago. But a new paper just came out. Um, nine authors are on this paper, led by Michael Wong. And they propose a new law called the Law of Increasing Functional Information. They propose that evolution isn't limited to living entities, but actually extends to all complex natural systems. It posits that if configurations of any system undergo selection for a particular function, that evolution in, you know, a sense would happen. Now, they're claiming this is a discovery. I guess it's been put out into the world. And what we're going to wait for over the next uh, following weeks is whether it's accepted or not as a law but if it were it would kind of just revolutionize and reframe our understanding of the universe from the origins of lice life um and lice i suppose uh, to the properties of stars so it states that complex natural systems evolve states of greater patterning diversity and complexities it occurs in massively complex systems from planets to atoms to minerals and more and a complex system is characterized as follows. There's three main steps here. They are formed from many different components, such as atoms or molecules or cells, and can be rearranged and arranged repeatedly. These systems are subject to natural processes that cause countless different arrangements to be formed. And only a small fraction of these configurations survive in a process called selection for function. Um, and essentially it comes down to the fact that in biology, Darwin equated function primarily with survival, the ability to live long enough to produce fertile offspring. But this new study expands on that perspective, noting that at least three kinds of function occur in nature. The most basic function is stability, whether that's a molecule, you can think about, you know, I guess even a rock being quite stable. Um, they're persistent dynamic systems, which are, you know, with ongoing supplies of energy throughout them. And one interesting function is novelty, the tendency of an evolving system to explore new configurations. And I guess by the, when you're speaking about it naturally, outside of the laws of evolution, uh, or animal-based evolution, I guess it could be conceived of as random. So yeah, everything evolves, complex systems evolve. I guess you could think of it as a gust of wind evolving eventually into a tropical hurricane that system has evolved over time um, mm -hmm. and it is a self-contained complex system 
So interesting, interesting uh, introduction there. I'm unsure where it will land. It does make sense from my limited understanding of physics. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'll I'll hope to follow this up in a couple of weeks and uh, kind of update you all on the acceptance of this new law or not. Uh, maybe I'll posit it to some people around around work and then see what they say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They don't like that, laws, though, where I come from. Do they not? Well, what do they prefer? Oh, no, it's just, you know, trying to keep the man down, just confined. Yeah, it's just a hellscape of yeah. It's it's just a way of one man controlling another man. I'm using man in this context. Generalization. Mm. Uh, The The ungendered man. Yeah. People. Okay. Well, I hope that existence proves fruitful for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Proteins then. Yeah, I guess. Have you got any facts? Yes, uh, I yes. do. Do you? There we go. Absolutely not. Oh, no. hey, come on, come on, I, come I genuinely off it. forget your idea. Time. You I know. <laughs> this was. I your... think it's sometimes I start my research looking for facts, and then I go, "Oh, that's interesting," and then that becomes a whole section. Okay, what a few, got a few, got a few, got a few facts, a few, and then actually fun facts. They're not like the normal. Is uh, a fact, and it's utterly depressing. This is actually a fun fact. Okay, um, ready? Yes. Proteins are the most abundant organic molecule in the human body. They make up about 15% of a person's weight. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, that's a fun, there we go. That's a fun fact. The word protein comes from the Greek word uh, proteos, meaning primary at or first place, which highlights their essential role in life. I'd agree. Yeah. Fairly essential. Fairly essential. Um, there's not loads. You know, what? I went over a bit overboard. Not gonna lie to you. Um, it's okay. We appreciate enthusiasm about proteins <laughs> here. It was it was over enthusiasm about proteins. Uh, the protein in an egg, an egg white, is primarily made up of proteins called albumin. Albumin. That's how you spell albumin. Yeah, albumin, which is also found in our blood. It is, yeah. So we're basically so surprised. (laughs) (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) Um, Proteins can glow. My next one: some proteins, like the green fluorescent protein GFP from jellyfish, can glow under very specific light conditions, and scientists use them as markers in research. Do you, as a scientist, Tom, do you use it for markers in your research? Uh, Yeah. So if I like. You know, I don't have bookmarks all the time, but we all have some of that lying around. Can I borrow your uh, just, lime green highlighter? Exactly. Just as, you know, as a scientist, you get given a vial of that. Um, and you what? just use that oh, okay. bookmarkers instead. Do you not, like, I thought they, like, as scientists, you, um like, secrete it? Oh, uh, well, so, some some do. That That's if you're, okay. like, a professor. Yeah. Uh, okay. then, you, then you get your if own you, supply. That's if you take biology. If you go, if you yes. specialise down in biology, they actually like edit themselves using CRISPR to uh, secrete. Yes. 
Um, I'm pretty sure they did put that in an animal once. It may have been a pig. Well, the glowy stuff. Yeah, they yeah. did do it with pig. They also mouse? did it with um, fish. Was it was it a goldfish? Mm. They did it as well, I think. Yeah, it was just a glow-in-the-dark pig. Yeah, the glow-in-the-dark pig. What was the glow-in-the-dark the pig's name? I feel like it's... Yeah. Sparky. I don't know. That's, that's... Oh, I tried. Pig. Uh, oh, wait. There, there, there have been seven genetically oh. modified animals that glow in the dark. Uh, sheep. So you can see them in, uh, in when they're like in their herds out in the fields. Also oh, okay. means that the, the wolf can also uh, see it. <laughs> see them when they're out in the fields. Yeah. Um, not very good for hiding. Uh, you've got a rabbit. You've got um, pigs, which was in Taiwan. I don't think they gave them names because that's fine. Uh, monkeys, they've done. Uh, dogs. Uh, which is a three-month beagle glows in the dark under an ultraviolet light. Oh, it does. So it does. Uh, that's in, from the, the, an experiment by the team in Seoul National University. Produced a first oh. transgenic dog. Some cats. Um, so a, a lot of the time, um, the, the, the object of the experiment isn't to see if we can make a pig or dog glow in the dark. Um, just for anyone listening out there and wondering why they're doing this, uh, as Mitch explained there, they're, they're trying to make transgenic animals, so genes or species or animals, individuals that set, share genes uh, from maybe other species or uh, just genes that they wouldn't normally have access to within their gene pool. Um, to make sure they've got in there, what you'll often do is mark them with a fluorescent uh, marker and then you put them out under UV light. And if they are expressing the gene that you inserted, that's also marked with fluorescence, then they should glow up. And then that's how you know it's it's worked, essentially. Um, so yeah, they're not just making glow-in-the-dark pigs because... I don't know. It's just a side project. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of what people do in science. They're just doing it because... Well, that's just the nature of science. It really yeah, is. Just like, you know what? Just why? Let's just make a, a pig glow. Because why not? Why would we not do why that? Why not? Yeah. I mean, it takes a certain kind of person to never lose the why not question, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then another certain type of person to be able to convince people to give them money to then, you know, continue. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. practice, I can tell you. <laughs> practice your groveling um but proteins do you have any more fun facts you'd like to enlighten us with no that's that's, that's all that's all the fun okay fun facts i've got um so i think before we head into proteins themselves one thing i wanted to, to speak about quickly was amino acids Amino acids, something you may never have heard of since GCSE biology. Maybe O-level biology, if you're of a different generation. And if you have no idea what either of those things are, well done, you probably had a successful education. Um, no, I'm joking, it was all right here. 
So amino acids are <laughs> organic compounds, and they can they're, they're basically the smallest building block of life. So when a cell puts something together, well, at least proteins um, and other structures, a lot of the times they're using amino acids. Um, and basically they have a central carbon that has a hydrogen attached to it. And then on one side, they have an amino group, which is a nitrogen with two hydrogens attached to it. And on the other side, they have a carboxylic group, which is carbon, a couple of oxygens and a hydrogen. That is the same between every single amino acid. Then what makes them different is they have a specific R group. This changes um, and when it's different, you just got a different amino acid. Now there are 500 different amino acids in nature, but there are only 20 in humans. And every single kind of protein is made up of a different sequence of these 20 amino acids. There are another two amino acids that humans can get through uh, wonky translation mechanisms, um, but we don't need to speak about that really. Now this R group is super important because it can range or just greatly differ in size. Um, so glycine is the simplest. It just has a hydrogen attached to that central carbon. And then you go to tryptophan, which has 10 carbon atoms arranged in a double ring structure, as well as a nitrogen and a hydrogen. So the amount of space that these amino acids take up really affect the protein. And depending what sequence you stitch these amino acids on to each other. So DNA will code for something um, and it will say this amino acid needs to be there, then the then this amino acid needs to be there. Um, once you build up enough, you get these large biomolecules or macromolecules that are just long chains of amino acids that we call proteins. And your amino acids, you're not really getting from your diet. The body will synthesize them from dietary sources of nitrogen normally. Um, you can get dietary proteins as well, but when you're consuming protein, like, you know, meat, um, you're not consuming proteins, the molecule that we're speaking about in this <coughs> episode today. Um, so essentially that that's all they are. Proteins, large biomolecules, that are one or more chains of amino acids and they just perform a vast variety of functions within organisms. Anything from catalyzing or making faster or more efficient, different reactions. They'll replicate your DNA for you. They'll respond to stimuli, provide structure to cells and organisms just in general. Uh, they'll even take molecules around from one location to the other for you. They're like your mail system and your builder for your body. Um, and the, one of the reasons why they differ so much is just in the sequence of amino acids, which is dictated by, as I say, the, the DNA in a cell that happens to be making it. Uh, but what's really important here uh, is that different amino acids will attach to each other differently. Let's say you have amino acid A, and that just goes in a straight line from its connecting point. Amino acid B may be like a 90 degree angle. So if you need three straight lines and then a 90 degree angle, you'll just get three amino acid A and stick a amino acid B on the end. But we'll come on to that later because that's a wild rabbit hole as well. And uh, yeah, 
that's basically proteins. And for <laughs> some reason, they do wild shit. And I don't know why. But maybe, maybe we'll come on to that later. Like, they move. They take molecules. How? How does this happen? It's like wizardry. These are the questions I had when I wanted to do this episode, so... Okay. Uh, yeah. So one of mine was like, how can I not talk about protein? So I looked at uh, alternate sources of protein. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> Why did you take us down that rabbit hole? No, no, yeah. We're going to lead a little bit into, into <laughs> more protein. <laughs> uh, so as a bit of a, like a layout of what I had a look at, because... You know, protein don't make doesn't rev my engines as much as it does Tom's apparently. Uh, I look at some of the the technical innovations and applications, uh, as I said before, the alternative protein sources, uh, and the mystique of enzymes. And that was actually going to be one of my fu- one of my fun facts is, uh, which I thought was actually a bit redundant, is um, <laughs> all enzymes are proteins, but not all proteins are enzymes. Uh, yes, which is technically true, but in, in my head I was like. Yeah, that seems really obvious. <laughs> For some reason, I was just like, well, duh, yeah, no, I mean, of course. Why would, why would it not be the case? Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a bit about enzymes as well. Yes. Enzymes, one of the more important, I guess, proteins out there. But yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you come on to that. Mm. Um, I, guess what, I guess then one of the fundamental things to cover, apart from amino acids, is the form and function of a protein um so i guess as i just said because the amino acid structure wildly varies depending how you connect certain amino acids together it will create its own three-dimensional structure that results essentially in a a protein and this is what you would say the conformation of a protein Uh, and it's determined well you may not but the wider science scientists <laughs> would, the ones who've got their fluorescent marker, ah, uh, uh, that's why they okay. would, yeah. yeah. Um, so, as we said, this conformation is determined by the sequence of amino acids in the polypeptide chain. Uh, polypeptide chain just refers to a long sequence of peptides. Poly, many peptides. One peptide. It would be an amino acid in this case. Um, So the precise arrangement of amino acids in the protein chain leads to the formation of secondary, tertiary, and quaternary structures, which give the protein its final functional conformation. Uh, Secondary, tertiary, and quaternary structures are just different uh, structural layers, I guess, uh, that you'll get as you're folding a protein into its shape. Now, the form of the protein dictates how it interacts with other molecules, such as substrates, cofactors, ligands, um, and the interactions between a protein structure and these other molecules are what allows it to perform its specific function. Now, proteins exhibit high specificity. Um, I don't know how I got that word out because it wasn't going through my head. You did well, mate. You did well. Well done. Um, And complementary in the interactions with other molecules. So if you've ever heard about the lock and key mechanism, we're really going back to BBC bite-sized stuff here. Um, Essentially, like the whole lock and key mechanism is if I've got a protein and it's got a jigsaw puzzle missing out of it, um, 
or a certain hole, a certain shape, a round or a square hole. It'll only accept molecules, or maybe a specific molecule that also has a you know square shape to, to give to it. And that's how it locks on to the right molecules. So what's wild to me is how we have 20 amino acids, yet we, they, our bodies make proteins so specifically for, you know, hundreds of hormones, hundreds of thousands of molecules. I just, I just don't get it. It's just, it blows my mind. It's great. Um, for enzymes, this specificity ensures that they can catalyze specific chemical reactions. For example, there's an enzyme uh, amylase, which specifically interacts with starch molecules, breaking them down into sugars. So if you didn't have the protein or enzyme amylase in your gut system, you wouldn't be able to break down starch into sugars, which then couldn't be transported into your blood system or bloodstream. Um, you have receptor proteins as well, which only bind with specific cell signaling molecules, such as hormones. Um, these proteins are, you know, involved in biological processes at most levels, uh, but because of the diverseness, they are categorized according to their function. So you have enzymes, um, as Mitch will come on to in a bit, structural proteins, um, so stuff that helps shape cells and tissues. Collagen is one of the most abundant proteins in the human body. I think it makes up 25% of the human body. Mm. Uh, transport proteins like hemoglobin. So that's a famous one that latches onto oxygen and takes that around the body. Uh, hormones, antibodies, receptors, storage proteins, gene regulatory proteins, neurotransmitters, and digestive enzymes. All of these are different types of proteins and they're all formed from these 20 amino acids. And the amazing and I guess really important thing to concept to, to understand about proteins is the only reason they do what they do is because they're the shape that they are. And the only reason they're the shape that they are is because the amino acids fit together in very certain ways, like, I don't know, Lego bricks will only attach to other Lego bricks in certain ways. It's mm. like you imagine you put a hundred Lego bricks together and then it started doing shit spontaneously. That's I think it how I think about fire, it. Fire, to be honest, if that was the case, I think that would be sensible. Yeah, <laughs> some, some horror of a, a Lego thing starts. I don't know, glowing in the dark. Ring and then, like the, the, the devil starts crawling out the ground. <laughs> you, you called? <laughs> ah, put it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why proteins blow my mind. Just Lego bricks stuck together and then it's, they animate themselves. Mm. What's going on there? Um, so yeah, the real explanatory case of form is function in, in a protein. And they taste good. Pro proteins do taste good. <laughs> uh, there are some that think you taste good as well. Yeah, enzymes. Enzymes. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know about the pineapple you, one? Even with yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, it's it's one of those like to be human is to eat something that is actively attacking your body and yet still finding it delicious. <laughs> like yeah. there's, there's so like there's the pineapple which essentially is starting to dissolve your mouth. Yeah. Ever so there's the enzyme in it bromelain it's called bromelain it's called yeah. and essentially what it does is it breaks down it's a protein whose job it is to find other proteins and break them down 
Mm. So when your mouth feels slightly spicy. rough or spicy <laughs> after <laughs> eating pineapple, Why it's because spicy? this enzyme has just started eating away at your flesh. Yeah. And yeah, trying to break well, down the cell wall. Keep yeah. it in your mouth for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, so, yes, that's why you get a tingly mouth from eating pineapple. Yeah. But it's just like vinegar as well, I'm pretty sure, like, is like really bad for you. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Like, it's, it's the same with everything. We're just like... Mint. Mm. Can I can I put the can I marinade uh other pro like so this, what I thought I found really funny is based off that and it's like the the gastro um scientists which I always forget their names um gastro I was gonna say enterologist but that's not right is it no that's when you've got a bad gut um mm. and they they search why you've got a bad gut oh what they call it? it's called gastronomy and either way where to if you're gonna like slow cook something you like leaving it overnight in a marinated in pineapple juice is really good because it starts to break down your meats before you start yeah. cooking it. And it's, it's, it's the same theory with like in your mouth because um, it starts breaking down <laughs> whatever's going on there. Yeah, it tenderize it. Yeah, it tenderizes it. It's brilliant. It's the best way to do it. Um, yeah. I wonder oh, if uh, this, this is random. Like people cook gammon in Coke, right? Yeah. What? Why? Does that have a similar effect? Um, I think that's to do with like the sugar. I think is the reason. Um, because it's tasty. It adds a delicious sweetness that balances the saltiness of the gammon, making it a hit for the whole family. Okay. Do you know? Do you know cooking websites like the absolute bane of the internet? Yes. And to the point where Google was like, we're going to change the algorithm because you put so much crap at the top of it before you actually get to the recipe. Yeah. And that was the reason that one of the reasons, one of the main reasons they changed it was because the filler they were using to hit like the SEO stuff. So like, it's yeah. Just, no. It's just SEO minefield, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolute minefield. Yeah. So that's, it's, 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 yeah. So it's, it's the Coke. It's the deliciousness of the Coke. Okay. Um, to, to slow cook it or to marinate it. Yeah. Yes, back in the day when it actually had cocaine in, it did something. Yeah, yeah, get, get a bit more of a spice to it. It was just like, yeah. oof, oof, got a bit more of a kick. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Boy, Timmy really loves that guy. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, the children can't get enough of Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I didn't realise, it came up with a quiz the other day, uh, the, the alternate that was made during World War two i think it was specifically uh because they ran out of ingredients so they couldn't make cocoa anymore that's why fanta was invented oh really yeah because they had ingredients. and it's the superior drink Ooh, controversial yeah, statements no, no, i'm with you there i'm with you there if someone's like um, do you want a, like a fanta orange or like a coke i'll be like fanta orange every day or iced oh, lemon every day okay fanta oh, iced lemon time. yeah um yeah i came across the story the other day which i completely forgotten which was how, like, meth got made. And I know okay. this seems irrelevant. Um, World War II, oh, yeah. they used to put meth in chocolate. Right. It wasn't meth back then. It was just a compound that, um, you know, the 40s, why don't we give chocolate to housewives that make doing chores easier uh, kind yeah, of yeah, product. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> 
and then the, the <laughs> women would send this chocolate off to the, the soldiers on the front line and their commanders especially this was a german this was a german product so it was being sent to the uh, the german soldiers uh, the commanders realized that they were actually you know performing a lot better and uh after eating this chocolate and so then they went they, they took the compound concentrated it made meth and you know that's where the whole super soldier um storyline as as it were i guess comes from uh, was them creating meth and pumping soldiers full of it so that they were just despite being shot several times carry on running at people yeah yeah, um, horrible scenes but it's one of those it's, when you think about the stuff that used to be in products that it blows your mind well um, this is this so for our American listeners to the English divide and the, even the, the EU it blows my mind how the difference is still yes because the like the food laws in America are so I want to say lax but it's so independent on state like what yeah. what they ban what they don't ban like kinder surprises being completely banned i find absolutely hilarious but at the same that time is funny. Like, you're missing out on that surprise just because one person sued because they spoiled it whole oh was that why it yeah. Makes sense. yeah it was this is a choking hazard i mean it is a choking hazard but... it is but like i don't know <laughs> well you could not be stupid yeah like i think <laughs> for our for, yeah there's that well like for our meat we've got quite a higher bar in terms of what we can inject into it when it's you know mooing um Did you say when it's mooing yeah like cows like when it's a lot yeah right okay yeah <laughs> yeah okay i was just double checking that is what i heard yeah because i know they eject meat when it's not mooing as well <laughs> the post post moo there's post they moo do. there's a post moo injection yeah 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 I think we like sodium and other stuff that people tend to be lacking in their diets. Mm, yeah. But is that the play? Is it, should, should they be doing, I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Honestly, who knows? But it is one of those things where like, should, should they be doing it? Shouldn't they be doing it? Maybe not. But if you can, you know, go back 400 years or, you know, not even a hundred years, mm. the fact that they're doing that means people are getting more than they would be otherwise. Yeah, there's. I just recently saw like a, a TikTok of a guy interviewing people on the street, like why, uh, why won't you drink tap water? And there's like a whole bunch of people like, oh yeah, but it's got fluoride in it. I'm not gonna drink it. And then the, the, the interview is just like, well, your toothpaste has got fluoride in it. So do you not use toothpaste? And they're like, oh yeah, no, we do. Maybe we should drink the tap water. That's the whole point of the fluoride in the water. What's oh, wild? <laughs> to double double up. When you're brushing well, your yeah, teeth, yeah, no, because when they didn't used to do it, people's, uh, especially, uh, I guess, is why the UK is famous for it. But um, <laughs> horrible oral poor, hygiene. Poor blimey, chaps! We got the yeah. the bad teeth, bad the, the bad tooths, tooths. <laughs> Just a single chopper on the front that used to open a can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can of baked beans. That's it. Oh, lovely beans on toast. Did that debacle ever get sorted out on TikTok? What, what, what's the, the Americans were absolutely astonished that the Brits would call beans on toast an entire meal. Uh, well, it depends, like how affluent you are, I suppose. Yeah. Like, if you're if you're a uni student or someone trying to complete their doctorate, that may be a whole meal. Hey, uh, I, I tell like you what, a hundred percent is like that's a, lunch. a solid lunch for me. 
you do you, as, <laughs> you as, can boot yeah, it as up a little bit. As a student, do you do um, like tin surprise for yourself? I always thought that was what quite fun. What the hell is that? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> and I got inspired by one of Grace's friends because <laughs> she explained that he used to do it. And I was like, that's brilliant. I'm going to do it when I go to uni. And I did it. It's brilliant fun. So you buy a load of tin goods like um, like beans, beans and sausages, spaghettios. I think I don't, that's the American one, spaghettios. But like the, the English yeah, equivalent, maybe hoops. like some yeah, some soup, yeah, some hoops, like some soups. And what you do is you um. <laughs> You take all the just labels the off. off, yeah, and okay. then you like you shuffle them up, and then you just stick them in your cupboard, and you don't know what you're having, and it's always a joy. No, I like conformity. Oh, come off in it, my life. You absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you were <laughs> about like, yeah, I like to neatly fold and press every single uh, wrapper off the tin. The tins no, need to be facing forwards. It- all the labels need to be facing forwards. I mean, slightly, but like I hyperfixate on meals as an ADHD. Oh, I see. Like this is the sixth time that I've eaten beans on toast this evening. Not this, this evening. This is week. the meal. This is the meal. <laughs> this the best meal I've ever had is beans on will, toast, and I will eat it every year. Yeah, I will consume that. that for months until I literally cannot anymore, and then I'll hyperfixate on another meal. Yeah, that's just that. And you don't need to eat spicy food when you've got that neurospice. <laughs> exactly. I've got enough spice in my life. I don't need to add any more to it. Oh, just, just a light dear. dusting, you know? I saw a complete slam earlier online that was just like, you look like the person, like a person that would water down mayonnaise. I was like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, right, we, we tangented slightly here. We've gone off off the protein topic. I had, to add, I had to add some spice into this. Inject it into your monologues. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so why don't you go through well, whatever you've got lined Deep dive up. into the protein-powered catalyst of life. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, there's some spicy rising, which, you know, it's always great. It's always all that we need is me monologue. You can't be monologuing. Um, that was really funny. I was at like a work do, uh, and I made that comment because our big, big, big boss man uh, essentially did an hour long talk. Um, and I was like, <laughs> it was like, damn, you can't be monologuing. And someone like across the room laughed and was like, that's a brilliant <laughs> deep cut reference. And I was like, yeah. Someone else likes <laughs> Mr. Mr. Invisible and Syndrome. Is that his name? It is, yeah. yes. <laughs> I don't know how apt that is. <laughs> oh dear. But yes. So a bit, a bit of a tidbit about that, which is quite interesting. Um, the bit where he is reflecting back and monologuing and he is doing the thinking, like doing it like comes up on the screen with the flashback. Yeah, his flashback and the flashback that of when because you actually see when it happens is different. So his flashback is his perceived events of what happened and why he is the way he is, but it's different to how it actually happened at the start of the movie. I thought it was, oh. yeah, a lot of people people didn't didn't see it the first time. Quite an old, cult, cool. quite an old movie now. To be honest, not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Oh, spoilers! Oh my god, you spoiled the Incredibles. <sighs> is he not? He's not in the second one, though, is he? 
No, he's not. Yeah, did he get killed by the scourge of the Underminer, or did they just? I can't remember what they did with him in the end. No, the Underminer was like a separate thing. That was the segue that between one right and two. at the end. Then yeah, it was like you, but it was like syndrome. Didn't he get taken away? It's either that or he got killed by the robot. I can't remember. Yeah, that's surprisingly that's dark end to a movie. Uh, so yeah, protein. Uh, not protein. Yeah, well, proteins are more specifically enzymes. <clears throat> the nature of enzymes. Enzymes, like they're called, are proteins composed of long chains of amino acids intricately folded, as Tom has already said, to form specific three-dimensional structures. This structure is crucial as it dictates the enzyme's specificity and activity. The consequence and composition of the amino acid in an enzyme determines its unique active site, a region that binds its substrates, the molecules upon the enzyme which act. The precise interaction between the enzymes and its substrate is akin to a lock and key mechanism where the enzyme serving as the lock is activated by fitting in the uh, fitting of the substrate key. Tom, what's the substrate to, to the small folk out, out there? Oh, um, anything that a protein or molecule, I guess, can attach onto. Okay. Yes. Just like a level. So could be a target molecule, could actually be... Um, like a solid thing for the molecule to attach onto, like a surface. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. But yes. Uh, also acts as a catalyst to accelerate biochemical reactions. The primary function of enzyme is to serve as a catalyst, substance that speeds up reactions without being consumed in the process. So enzymes achieve this by lowering the activation energy, the energy barrier required for a reaction to proceed. This catalytic property is vital as it allows biological reactions to occur at a pace compatible with life. In the absence of enzymes, these reactions would proceed at an impractically slow rate, incompatible with the dynamic nature of a living organism. Yeah, so I guess an example there would be, let's say, for this reaction to work optimally, it needs to happen at 45 degrees. I've got a better better one that people may relate to at this cold time. But 37 degrees with enzymes present becomes the more optimal one, which is easier for the body to maintain. To make it more a more relatable uh, yeah. hypothetical, uh, it's like if you have your heating on in the morning, it's easier to get out of bed for that chemical reaction to take place. Whereas if honestly, you, that's true. If it's yeah. cold in the morning, it's very difficult to get out of that bed. So yeah. you know we need to. <laughs> Plus, you have the double the double whammy: get out of bed and then get out of the shower both equally depressing yeah but i've that, that's the, the same thing in that in that like in that uh metaphor is if you like close the window close the door and you've got like a warm room that you're getting out of the shower into yeah it's slightly easier even though it the is. shower it caused <laughs> it caused me it does hold you um, it was, it then tentacles imagine you, you live in a scottish house for students and despite closing your window and door all of the heat still escapes whilst having a shower it's really depressing oh sad yeah it is imagine, imagine you're like yeah, taking breaths analogy. in like a hot shower and your breath is like <laughs> misty it is <laughs> oh that's what i was shower. gonna say to you we had our first frost oh well done yeah congratulations so, so mitch just introduced this word into my lexicon a couple of years ago and it revolutionized my my, my world 
<laughs> First Frost. First Frost. It always it happened every year, but I just never had a name for it. Yeah. Um, we, and that happened to us the other day. We. I'm not sure if you can call it First because for, in my mind, First Frost is First, first Frost is like grass is frosted. But we had my like entire the, car was frozen. The car, all yeah. of like the grass, yeah, it was mad. It was like last week. For some reason, the 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 temperatures went. You know what? Four degrees. I've decided it's just going to dip. Yeah. We're going to crash. It's four degrees now. I think it's probably had something. Storm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the, the lead into Babette, which Babette and running out of names for storms. I mean, to be honest, we've gone back round. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Do you just think the names of the storms will be in, in 30 years or so? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I didn't realise as well ago. So in the world of cybersecurity, uh, Windows used to use um, chemical... Uh, not chemical. Yeah, well, technically... Te- no, 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 not chemical. Like this... Oh, my days. Well, things are made out of. Do you know that big grid that I've got the name of? My brain is very small. At the moment, the chemicals, yeah. So, they have a cool like grid where it's got like aluminium, the periodic table, yeah. Periodic table, they used to like name things like breaches <laughs> and vulnerabilities off the, uh, the periodic table, but now they've oh switched it when they describe it to be like weather patterns. Um, oh. and we were just taking the mick out of it to be honest recently, like because we were like from down here in Devon, we call like things like mislin, uh, which is yeah. like through my head. What's that? Like, was Misty Drizzle. Is mizzle. Yes. So if it's drizzling and it's like misty, it's mizzling. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like the logic's there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was just like one of vulnerabilities was like, like zero day mizzle. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> um. <clears throat> okay. Nice. All right. Going so if you see around in the tech world, we know it's you. Yeah. People just like change for the sake of change in the tech world, just to call something different for the sake of it. It's a lot of redundancies in there. Uh, there. So, specificity. Oh, I said it too. Oh, first time. And regulation of well enzyme done. activity. <laughs> specificity of enzymes is a testament to their evolutionary adaptation. Each enzyme is tailored to a catalyze a specific reaction or a group of closely related reactions. This specificity is governed by the enzymes active site, as I said before, which provides a unique environment for the substrate to undergo the desired reaction. Additionally, enzymes actively activity is finely regulated within the cell, ensuring that the rate of production formation aligns with the cell's needs. Regulation mechanisms include allosteric modulation, where module molecules bind to sites other than the active sites affecting the enzyme's activity and covalent modification where chemical groups are added or removed to modulate functions. That's great. It's like, I don't need this right now. I'll just put you next door. Uh, And when I'll need you, I'll just pull you back in. Yeah, that's wild. No, it's cool. Hmm. Enzymes, eh? Enzymes. Packing a punch wherever they go. Yeah, and it's, it's currently like industrial and medical applications of, of enzymes um they've been employed for in the productions of biofuels uh brewing yeah alcohol uh the manufacturing alcohol. of detergents um where they catalyze reactions under mild conditions saving energy and reducing environmental impact in medicines they are used in diagnostic procedures and drug development and as therapeutic agents for conditions like enzyme deficiencies under certain types of cancer 
Yeah. I wonder if they do that thing with like trying to find the cancer where they like do what you said they do. And they would change it so it would glow. Uh, yes, they do do that. Um, a lot of the times, though, they don't use fluorescent markers. Um, they'll use other markers that show up on an MRI machine. Oh, that's the radioactive one. Yeah. Ah, that, uh, that's, that, that's, fun. that's one of them. I've, I've had yeah. that twice in my life, and both times it was just as thrilling. Oh, yeah? Just made you feel like you're peeing yourself? It makes you feel like you're peeing yourself and that your whole body is on fire. Oh, fun. Yeah, like, it, it's a little spicy. you got, you got that whole body spice. Yeah, you really are neurospicy at that point. <laughs> it's not just neuro, is it? Everything. <laughs> but you come yeah. out feeling like you've just like come out of a sauna. Really weird. Really weird, but yeah. That is odd. Yeah. Fair. Um, but yeah, so markers like that. The marker that they use really is dependent on, uh, I guess, the method which for which they'll check. Uh, so stuff with cancer uh, is normally MRI-driven. Um but stuff for just to see if they're expressing a gene, then you can use like a fluorescent marker and UV light. Mm. Then it su- suffices. You don't have to invest in an M- MRI machine then. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. A- any more on proteins? Proteins? Or enzymes? I meant enzymes. Yeah. But um, enzymes. No, that's it. Enzymes. That's it. All right. Yeah. Um, one that I wanted to speak about briefly is collagen. Um, which I mentioned before is makes up 25% of one's protein count. Um, and it's basically there to provide structure to many different connective tissues and cells, ligaments, tendons, skin is why it's, it's um, we've got a lot of it in our bodies. Um, but bone formation, I think, is quite an interesting one. Um, now, 90% of collagen is type 1 um, so that's what I'll speak about today though I did find out there are actually 28 different types of collagen found in humans so honestly who knows what the body's doing with all of those um, but it has a very specific and interesting structure um, it basically is full of repeats of glycine which has just the single uh, R group that I spoke about earlier uh, proline is then attached to that and then either aspartic acid, glutamic acid, or methionine um, is in the third place. And then this repeat of three different amino acids repeats, and then that last one changes uh, every single time. Now, what's so interesting about this is the way that it binds all these amino acids together, it creates a sort of a spiral structure where three different fibers of this collagen can pack together to form a triple helix. And then those triple helix structures can pack together to form, uh, if you think about it like a rope type structure, and mm-hmm. you just pack loads of ropes together. Depending then how these mineralize, so collagen mineralizes to various degrees to form different structural components. It can be bone, it could be tendons, it could be uh, cartilage like in your ears or the end of your nose. Um, Calcium and phosphate ions will will come in from the bloodstream and influence certain other proteins like osteocalcin and osteopontin and will essentially form calcium, phosphate, crystals to form between the structure 
If they let that go on for a while, you basically just get bones. And that's how our bones are formed. Which I guess I didn't really think about before, where the bones come from. But it's just collagen. And it's just really hard collagen. Crusty mm. collagen. Yeah. Um, but to highlight the importance of this very specific structure with form meeting function... You can take the example of brittle bone disease or osteogenesis imperfecta. And what this does, or what causes this, is a single amino acid, glycine, is swapped out in a mutation for valine, which has a massive R group. It has uh, three carbons and nine hydrogens attached to it. Um, so you've gone from the smallest possible amino acid to one of the bigger ones. And it means that when these fibers try and pack together to form bone, that there's got bulges in them every so often whenever this replication or uh, incorrect replication is inserted into the amino acid sequence. And when mineralization occurs, wherever these bulges are, it can't occur properly. So it makes the bones weaker and prone to breaking um, and, of course, results in uh, brittle bone disease. And the lack of collagen production uh, when you get older is the reason why you look older. This is what causes wrinkles and sagging skin because the collagen structure uh, in your skin just isn't as prevalent as it once was. So when you get, uh, I was going to say Ritalin, but it's not Ritalin. What's that beauty product that everyone is trying to get onto these days? It begins with R. Right. I know you you'll think, know, Mitch. You think I need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Like, uh, oh, I know. Beauty product, anti-aging. Begins with R. Retinol. Um, so retinol is this specific product that's meant to be anti-aging. Um, what does retinol do? Here we go. Uh, it increases cell production, uh, unclogging pores, exfoliates skin, increases collagen production. Um, so these things aren't making you younger or healthier. Uh, they, they give the appearance of it, but it is just that. It's promoting collagen production. Um, and this is why you, you have to build up to it. Because I think retinol is one of those things where you can't just start at like max strength because you'll have really serious adverse effects. Mm -hmm. And that's because what you're actually doing is promoting protein growth, uh, which your body really has to adapt to. It's not ready for that protein. Um, not ready for that protein. Then gains of a different <laughs> kind. <laughs> protein. Yeah. Way. All right. So we've got about five minutes left. It's not enough time. Have you got anything you'd like to uh, not time. throw in at the end? Um, so in my my little hyperfixation that's currently mm. on, on the on the boards, uh, for those Doctor Who fans, uh, Doctor Who Commander decks came out. Oh, you're just straight up going away from protein. I yeah, yeah, the no, the, the protein's gone. It's dead to me. Like, I, can't, okay. I can't significantly get into any of the stuff that I've written about the proteins. Like, <laughs> all team. You know, you know, I'll tangent so from my tangent. Because I mentioned it, it earlier about I actually was going to tangent away from proteins because I had to look at alternate protein sources. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it still counts. This still counts as going away from the proteins. Um, the first one is lab grown meat. 
technically is going away oh. from proteins because, you know, it can't be protein because if it's protein. Well, that's, that's technically speaking, if it's lab-grown protein, like made from cells and all that good stuff. I still think it counts because structurally, biologically, or molecularly, it is exactly the same. It's just grown from a culture, not inside. Yeah, something. but it's, it's the... Cause the like the bullying of animals, the mistreatment of animals, and them having to die for us to eat them is what people are against, though, isn't it? Yeah. So that, that's the that's the issue. So it's, you know, but it's the people, I think, I think didn't we like asked someone. We we came across this before, didn't we? Ask someone whether they would eat that. Yeah, and they said no, didn't they? I think they said no. Which is, I guess, the whole point. They're making it. I think like, some people just don't like it. Which is fair. I guess if you've been ve- vegan, vegetarian for X amount of time, you just kind of don't see it as a necessity like, mm. to eat meat. Yeah, that's um, true. Maybe one one aspect. But I yeah, I, like I think it. some... Yeah, I mean, I would eat that 100%. I'd give that a try. Mm. I'd be happy to, to eat that. I think there's only one place which commercially sells lab-grown meat, and that's in Singapore. Um. Yeah. And they do chicken, I think. They do chicken box, like popcorn chicken and stuff. Really weird. Okay. But it, yeah, apparently, literally, it is just the exact same thing. But you're just growing the chicken breast and not the rest of the chicken. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know. Would you eat it? Uh, I'll try, yeah. I'm, I'm, cause I've, I've, I've tried like a lot of like the alternatives to meat. Um, yeah. One of the latest ones that I had uh, from the co-op, I can't remember what it is. What the name of it was, but it was. I was like, I had it. I cooked it and then had it in like a uh, wrap. I meant like some fried chicken mm. wraps, and it was like it was actually like couldn't. I like, couldn't tell. It always tastes taste a bit funky, but like, yeah, it was good. It was good. It wasn't the the one hundred percent like this is fake meat one though. It was the the this is vegetables and the other stuff trying to be meat glued uh, together. Okay. Yeah. With a binding. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Well, fair. Fair, fair. Fair, fair. Uh, any other straying away from protein sources? Yeah. The um. So the other alternate protein sources for this is specifically for humans that we get eat. Uh, insects. The oh, that's a good really one. Yeah. Rich in essential amino acids vitamins and minerals there it's also environmentally friendly to eat them it's re- they require less land water and food than traditional livestock to keep alive so we're saving the planet and also making getting you know all that good stuff uh insects can also consume organic waste so it transforms it into a high quality protein so we can also get rid of waste organic waste at the same time as we're feeding them which i think cows are a bit more uh, what's it when you picky? The pig cows are a bit more picky when you feed them. They want specific grains and stuff. Whereas with insects, slightly more picky and produce a lot of methane. Yeah, yeah, not very good. Yeah, the so things like crickets, mealworms, bark, soldier fly larvae, uh, have been uh, been explored as potential food sources for us humans when things go really bad. Um, it's one of those things that I don't think it has got into the West yet. Like in lots of cultures, like I know in Asia, I know that's, that's a big, yes. big area, big generalization, generalization, but it, it's much more like the thing you do. Um, yes. Whereas 
if someone, if you said, do you want to eat this cricket? Someone walking down the street, they'd be like, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, I think it would take a massive change in perception to make it a big thing over here. Yeah. Or if you were eating insect protein, it couldn't be presented as like a deep fried spider. Right. Yeah. It, ha- it would have to be like round up, put you into know, a like paste. old chicken nuggies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it'd have to be ground up and put into a, a insect patty. Uh, so the other one I've got, which I didn't actually realise until I did the research, is algae. Oh, okay. Both micro and macro are emerging as promising alternatives to protein sources. Microalgae such as spirulia or and corallia are rich in protein, vitamins, and minerals. They can be cultivated in ponds or bioreactors using non-arable land and minimal water, making them very eco-friendly. The macroalgae such as seaweed, which again staple them in, in many Asian cuisines, and is gaining much more popularity nationwide, which it, that is it's really true that it is becoming much more popular. Like there was a fish and chip shop down the road when I was in Bournemouth that did fried seaweed as part of their okay. thing, which I was like, well, it makes sense, you know. It does. You've got yeah. the sea potatoes and then the fish <laughs> <laughs> and then the seaweed to go with it. I wonder if that comes from, you know, like seaweed is used a lot in Japanese culture and sushi really has this uh, i don't know perception that it's quite like a bougie thing to eat right well even uh, that but so i wonder whether it's come over like from that china i know uh the, like just the dried and then flavored possibly even fried seaweed by itself is is, is the thing anyway yeah so it's one of the one of those true yeah one of those why all right did the beach blush what's that it's a joke tom that i'm trying to tell you oh i obviously said you did it but not you said why did i not i did okay um why did the beach blush because the seaweed (laughs) 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 great success uh (laughs) 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 we joke again yeah all right well with with that uh i guess we'll, we'll bring the show to a wrap there uh don't forget to share this with your friends family literally anyone who will listen uh you can reach us on twitter and tiktok at info entry pod instagram information entry pod we, we got some cool pictures going on up there so yeah. if you want to check those out please check them out uh, you can also listen to us on whatever directory you're listening to this on right now as well as spotify itunes all the major ones you can give us a rating a like follow comment whatever it is you can do we appreciate it massively uh, anything else to shout out mate no that's it it's all good all right oh, yeah, doctor who commander cards so go out today and get your commander deck of doctor who i've got two get of them commanded <laughs> I bought the bad guys and the knife to the 12th Doctor. I did, I did see a trailer of, no, some behind the scenes of Nkuti Gatwa as the next Doctor. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Why well, should you have to catch up, Tom? And then... No. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Jodie Whittaker's Doctor doesn't exist. We're going to go straight in. Neither does Peter Capaldi. Um, Peter Capaldi's Doctor is amazing. Clara Oswald oh, sure. is like one of the greatest... I, I do I like the, my problem is I want to start it but I don't want to like miss something 
right? So what I'm going to go do is start a Christopher Eccleston again. Why? Watch all the way through. I, was, I, I nearly got into a, not, a, not a fourth this fight, but a very heated debate when someone was like, Christopher Eccleston's the, the best new Doctor. And I'm like, no, he's he's not. And you're wrong. <laughs> like, like, I just, I was like, <laughs> he was viewed very well at the time because he was the comeback of Doctor Who. But Matt Smith, David Tennant, Peter Cabaldi were all better than he was. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I really like him. Uh, maybe it's nostalgia. I think he was the right person to bring it back. He he just played the part well. Uh, that hi- that kind of hypothetical thinking with no backing up with all the potential other people that could have possibly done it, I can't agree with you. Yeah, well, I've got nothing but hypotheticals. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, there were other lots of talented actors no, British he was actors. the single only oh, yeah, person yeah, that's who what was you were trying to imply he was the only good English <laughs> actor at the time he was the only have... one ever at the time available <laughs> no I oh, think the, the, the conundrum the, what we came to was I think David Tennant as a personality was fan favourite but the writing of Matt Smith is the best for sure yeah yeah no, that's, that's, uh, what I'd agree with that. that's what I came down to like the 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 breadcrumbing of the story yes. for Matt Smith's it was great. thing was like even going to like Trenslaw being linked to the first episode of the Man in the Blue Box no, when he comes good. down it's like that's the whole thing and then River Song being the child of the TARDIS and then being stolen. And then being stolen and putting in the, in the prison, and then actually killing Matt Smith's doctor. Then we were always having army stuff. Yeah, just very well written. They must have had a massive very board well. with like <laughs> pins stuck yeah, in it. So like, like this, right? So this, so this, so this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll watch it again. Fine, I'll watch it again. And so if anyone wants to watch it, because Tom was like, I'm going to have to buy them. It's all on the BBC iPlayer. You can just go watch on the BBC iPlayer. Yeah. And if you live in America and you listen to this, VPNs. VPNs work. VPNs are your friend. Yeah. Even if you're in the UK, because just protect yourself. Yeah, I don't... All right. Even as a cybersecurity professional, when people are like, I use a VPN all the time, like like a casual one for your laptop, I'm like, I don't don't do that as someone that, like, it's my day job to be secure on the internet and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, there's specific things that I use it for, like not all yeah. the time it like it just slows we're not at a stage where it's like seamless yet yet like i'm sure my internet day, service provider down on it. wants to know all the different magic decks that i've got currently bookmarked and i research <laughs> like, <I'd> like... <laughs> all right well we'll leave it there return to this topic conversation another day so if you're still here uh thanks yeah we, we gave you the out if you're still here what's, what's the movie like, like, oh. <laughs> we gave you the opportunity to leave Ferris Bueller's day mm. off where he like at the end of the credits he's like why are you still here go home I've not seen that oh my days okay. oh my right <laughs> peace <laughs> <laughs> for now